It's Divas That Care Radio. Stories, strategies, and ideas to inspire positive change. Welcome to Divas That Care, a network of women committed to making our world a better place for everyone. This is a global movement for women, by women, engaged in a collaborative effort to create a better world for future generations. To find out more about the movement, visit divasthatcare.com after the show. Right now, though, stay tuned for another jolt of inspiration. Welcome to Talk with Terry on the Divas That Care Network. I am your host, Terry Wright. Each week on Talk with Terry, my guest and I will discuss a special topic that is close to their heart. Together, we will explore topics that have a huge impact on our lives. Our mission is to share the wide range of strategies my guests have developed or utilized to make a difference. Today, my guest is Tanise. Welcome, Tanise. Hi, Terry. Thank you. Yes, thank you so much for joining us this morning. And Tanise is dedicated to helping leaders grow in every way they aspire, to thrive in their professional lives and have the energy needed to flourish personally. Tanise helps clients develop deep self-awareness about their goals, their behaviors, and the discipline needed to adapt and grow. So thank you so much for joining us, like I said, Tanise. And today we're going to talk about ripples, um, the way great leaders create full engagement inside and outside the office. So, so tell us a little bit more about this topic, Tanise. Thanks, Terry, and thanks again for having me. Um, you know, I worked in corporate America for 20 years and spent most of my career in human resources or leadership and or organizational development of some kind. So I've worked with thousands of leaders over the years and um, they create these ripples. And you know, when I talk about or when I talk about ripples, I'm thinking about when you throw a rock into the water and you see that ripple go out across. That's how a leader is leading their team. So those ripples go out to their teams and all the way across the organizations that they're leading. And when you think about that, those ripples can be calm and tranquil, like pebbles on a beach and very soothing, or they can create inspiration and energy and even um, a tsunami if, um, you know, if the ripple is, is strong enough. And that's how our leaders are leading. And so when you think about that, um, the leaders who create the, the harsh ripples, the disruptive ripples, those are the leaders that are talked about um, the most. But that's not the leader you want to be because those are the leaders that, um, you know, their team is talking about them at breakfast. They're talking about them at the water cooler, at lunch, at happy hour, to their families. I mean, and, and it's usually because they're frustrated or they're stressed. And so um, you hear about it a lot. And what's interesting is on the flip side, those leaders who, um, you know, are great leaders who aren't talked about a lot, they actually are the ones who have a more um, positive impact and their teams are in a more positive mindset, which ripples across not only their extended team, but also their families at home. That's amazing. And they always say, you know, the environment starts with the tone at the top. And so if people can just imagine what you described, um, you know, they could be the most effective leaders. 
Exactly, exactly. And what what's interesting is is when I first started experiencing um, this and talking about it from the Ripple perspective, one of the things that I realized is just because it is a um, a powerful, inspirational Ripple with lots of strong energy, that doesn't always mean it's it's negative. It can be something that is a leader who has a lot of power and a lot of passion, but it's in a positive perspective. So they motivate their team. They motivate their employees they they get them pumped up and engaged and excited to be behind their mission or their cause and so um, you know I always want to make sure that individuals understand that if just because there's lots of passion and energy and it's maybe a rocky wave it doesn't mean it's always negative it just has to be experienced in a way that it is motivating the team and has a um, positive impact and a positive mindset for those who they are leading. Oh, yes. And it's just like, you know, the, the positive stress versus the negative stress. Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 No, that's amazing, Denise. So how do you create that deep self-awareness? You know, what's, what's interesting is when you're looking at individual behaviors and human uh, performance, a lot of that is um, something that has to be explored, and it has to be explored through feedback and feedback from others. And a lot of times, um, the higher you get in the organization, the less feedback you usually get, because people don't want to give, you know, the, the senior leaders feedback because they think they've learned it all and, you know, they know what they're doing, but the time they've become, uh, you know, more senior in an organization. And sometimes those are the ones who need that structured feedback even more. And so we can go through and, you know, there's a lot of online 360s where you can get feedback or information. What I do is I do an interview 360. And what that is, is I go out and I interview the individuals who are the key stakeholders with that leader and have interactions with them on an ongoing basis basis. That can be their boss, it can be their peers, and it can be their team, and even family members if they're interested in expanding it to that. And when you do an interview 360, it allows you to expand on a behavior. And so if someone tells me that someone has, um, you know, poor communication skills or uses bad language or, you know, any, any feedback that they give me, I can dig deeper into that and ask for examples and ask for, um, you know, them to explain what they really mean. And it can um, provide me with the insight that I can compile a confidential report. I still do it confidentially, but I can compile a confidential report with key themes and patterns of that individual's behaviors and really be able to provide them with a robust report and data that explains where their their behaviors are potentially getting in their way. But I also get the the strong behaviors. What makes this leader most effective? When, when they're, you know, really, really, you know, in the zone and delivering what they need to deliver. So I do it from both perspectives, but that interview gives you the ability to really dig deep. Mm-hmm. That is awesome. And, and like you said, you're getting um, that direct feedback um, from their key stakeholders. Exactly. And, you know, the other thing that's really important when you do that is as a leader, they have to be willing and ready to hear that feedback 
And one of the things that I suggest, strongly suggest actually with the leaders, is that um, I'll compile the information, I'll give them the confidential report, but I expect the leaders to go back to their key stakeholders who provided the input, First of all, not to try to figure out who said what, that's not the point of it, but to thank them for providing the feedback and to also ask them to support them in their development. So they'll come out of that feedback report knowing that they're gonna work on these two things. And I expect them to go back to their key stakeholders and say, I'm working on X and Y, and I want you to help me and hold me accountable. Because what that does is it builds that relationship with that leader and those key stakeholders that they're all in it to make that leader more effective. That's amazing. And that's going to end up helping them with their emotional intelligence as well. Exactly. A huge component of this is, is around emotional intelligence. And, and what's interesting is, um, and you probably know this, but emotional intelligence is actually 80% of what makes a leader successful. Their IQ is 20% of what makes them successful. And there's a lot of data behind those, those statistics. And that's amazing. It truly is. So do you think leaders are born or made, Denise? Oh, that's a difficult question. Um, I, I wish I knew the answer to it, but um, I think both. I think some people have tendencies and personalities that are more conducive to being a successful leader, but I also do believe those behaviors can be developed. What I really look at is a lot of times by the time I'm working with a leader, they're more senior in their career and their behaviors are pretty solid. And that means the good ones and the bad ones. I talk about that leader being kind of baked. They've been in the oven for a while and, and they're kind of baked and their behaviors are what their behaviors are. So a lot of times it takes a lot more work one, for the individual to um, be open to the change and listen to the feedback, but then two, to really work on changing those behaviors. Behavior change is extremely difficult. It is not easy to change you know, behaviors that, that you've had for, for many years. And mm -hmm. so um, it, it's hard, but it's not impossible. And it's really great work because once you see some of those behaviors change and that leader become more effective, it's so rewarding. And so what do you think about initiative? you know, to change those behaviors. You know, what's interesting is when you think about the initiative, um, it, um, it really, they have to have that desire. They have to see that motivation. What is going to be the end result in the value? And that kind of, so it kind of is reverse. That initiative, they have to see. So, you know, I've been a leader for 15 years and I've always led this way and I've delivered great results. And a lot of times that's where, you have the biggest challenge is they delivered great results, but it's been really messy and painful to get there. And the leader themselves don't always see that. And so they have to get um, that awareness through the feedback and through um, the desire to really be more effective and to see that it's really easier if you um, kind of all get along and build that cohesive team where you can build the trust and, and that's going to motivate them and give them the incentive to um, be more effective and, and invest in the behavior change. Mm -hmm. so, so explain to me what you mean by full engagement inside and outside the office. You know, I think um, as 
human beings. Actually, uh, we should be happy and um, live to our full advantage and, and have, have a joyous life. That's something I strive for and, and something that I, you know, hope that everyone would strive for. But what happens is um, with our fully connected, and especially today, our fully connected worlds, people in senior level positions never leave their work at work anymore. They're always with them. And so what I do is I work with that leader to put strategies in place where they can, one, manage their stress levels, and two, manage their engagement. And what I mean by that full engagement is being present where you are at that time. So make sure you structure your habits and your routines to where you can do your work during the daytime or whatever work hours you have. And then when you're home or with the people who matter the most, you can have that full engagement with those individuals. So when you're at home, you can sit down at the dinner table with your family and you don't feel like you have to have your smartphone right beside you checking your email because the world's gonna fall in. You may have to go back to your laptop when the kids go to bed or when you know there's a certain point in time in the evening. I get that. But really making sure that you're fully present is is really important. We spend most of our times working in corporate America, especially if we're in corporate America. So the few hours that we get to spend with the people who matter the most has to be fully engaged. You have to be fully present in order to reap the benefit of living that fulfilling life. And so that's what I work with strategies on. And, and I, I don't work, um, I'm not a life coach. You know, there's life coaches, there's career coaches, there's all different kinds of coaches um, that work on different things. And that's what makes this profession so fabulous. Um, and I don't work specifically on someone's life outside of work, but I work on the whole person. And that's what's important because, you know, years ago, you may have said, okay, you leave your personal life at home and you leave your work life at work. But we know now that that's unrealistic. We are a whole person and our personal life affects our work life. Our work life affects our personal life. Mm -hmm. How do we manage that most effectively? Oh, definitely. And I've talked to so many C-suite executives at the, you know, whenever they're retiring and they, they talk about regret because they didn't spend as much time as they really wanted to with the people they love. So that's amazing. That is so true, Terry. One of the things that um, that I've, I've heard, and I, I actually wish I could remember who said it so I could give them credit. Um, I can't take credit for it, but I do repeat it, is many leaders and C-suites talk about when they retire, I wanna do something that adds value. I wanna do humanitarian work, or I wanna give back and do a philanthropy of some kind. And so one of the things that this individual had talked about um, is, but why don't you make a difference today? You know, what can you do to make a difference today? While you're thinking about when I retire, I want to make a difference. What can you do to make a difference in someone's life today? Why wait? Mm -hmm. Exactly. Because my, my huge saying is, is we're not promised tomorrow. Exactly. You are so right. You're so right. And, and we're not promised what tomorrow's going to be with the ones that we love the most. Mm -hmm. Yes, yeah. exactly.
Absolutely. I love that, Denise. I'm going to start using it. You can. You can just, you can use it um, all you want because I think it's important. Oh, definitely. Thank you so much for, for coming on. And do you want to leave our audience with a, a parting statement that you hold dear to your heart? Let me think about that. I, I think probably the one that, um, that I have for today is, um, is actually very interesting. Um, we're in, you know, at the time of this, this recording, we're in a very unusual place in our world, um, from pandemics to injustice, and the world's really rocking, and um, not necessarily in, in a positive way. I think you think about those ripples, and, and they're pretty rocky right now. And, you know, what I really believe is I want the world to to see us as the best ancestors. I want to leave the world and um, have been a good ancestor to that that we, we have in front of us. And so I, I would hope that all of our listeners would maybe put that in front of their minds um, during this time is to do what's going to leave the world as seeing us as, as good ancestors. That is amazing because our world really does need that right now. We need love, compassion, and empathy. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's awesome. Well, like I said, thank you so much for coming on. Well, Divas, that brings to a close another great, inspiring interview on Talk with Terry. Thank you to my amazing guest for sharing your thoughts and wisdom with our listeners. Divas, if you would like to connect with us, go to www.com divasthatcare.com. Here, you will also find many amazing episodes from many wonderful and inspiring people. Don't be shy. Reach out and let me know if you have any questions or ideas. Or hey, just leave me a comment. Thank you once again for listening to Talk With Terry. Thanks for listening. This show was brought to you by Divas That Care. Connect with us on Facebook, on Instagram, and of course on divasthatcare.com where you can subscribe to our newsletter so you don't miss a thing.